0: I'm pulling my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work. Okay, so I've been talking all about Modern Horizons and I'm up to R, we're talking through all the cards or some of the cards. So we're up to Ranger Captain of Eos. Um, So one white, white, so three mana total, two which is white. It's a three, three human soldier, so it's a creature. When Ranger Captain of Eos enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a creature card with converted mana cost one or less, reveal it, put it in your hand, and shuffle your library. Sacrifice Ranger Captain of Eos, your opponent can't cast non-creature spells this turn. So this is a fun example of something we do in uh, Time Spiral like sets, where we take two old cards and we combine them together. So this is a combination of Ranger of Eos from Shards of Alara. Uh, and Knight-Captain of Eos, also from Shards of Alara. So, Ranger of Eos was the card made by Antoine Ruel when he won the very last Magic Invitational. Um, and so, the um, the idea is you take um, Knight-Captain of Eos and Ranger of Eos and sort of combine them together to make uh, Ranger-Captain of Eos. So, uh... Ranger of Eos did the first ability which would enter the battlefield when got a small creature and the sacrificing step on creature spells was Knight Captain of Eos. So, anyway. Um, it's I, I enjoy when we're able to sort of combine old things to make something cool that's new. Um, I will admit that I think Ranger of Eos is a little more known than Knight Captain of Eos although I guess both I think both I think got played. Um, but anyway. Ranger Knight Captain of Eos. Okay, Next. Recruit the Worthy. Recruit the Worthy. So Recruit the Worthy costs a single white mana. So just one mana, which is white. Um, is an instant. Uh, create a 1-1 white soldier creature token. And it's buyback three. So buyback is you may pay an additional cost of three as you cast the spell. If you do, put this card in your hand as it results. So buyback is a mechanic from um, Tempest created by Richard Garfield. Um, and the idea is Richard was playing around with um, what if you could pay a mana to not give up the card? So the idea with buyback is uh, if I pay one white, I just uh, the spell happens and it goes to the graveyard. But if I pay three and a white, the spell resolves and then instead of going to the graveyard, the card goes back to my hand. and I get to keep the card. So the idea is I can keep casting a buyback spell as long as I pay the extra buyback cost. But if I ever want to just get it cheaper and not pay that then this spell can go away um, now you might remember me talking about how um, I could only use mechanics that were already in modern and buyback is from Tempest and we've never reprinted we've, we've never brought buyback back as mechanic but we did bring it back in future sight um, so we did bring it back during times for block uh, in future sight I did some mix and match cards uh, where I took two different mechanics and put them together and I believe one of them had buyback on it. So, uh, buyback sneaks in the door of being in Modern by being in Time Spiral Block. Um, but it is not It is not something that we have really brought back in any major way. So, um, it is. it was cool to be able to do a buyback spell. Buyback spells are, are problematic in that if the spell is a little too... Um, uh, aggressive meaning, if getting to do it again and again, certain effects can cause problems. Making a creature isn't too daunting, so being able to make a creature is um, like there's a spell called Capsize that unsummoned something, and uh, it became very powerful because being able to unsummon something every turn really keeps your opponents from being able to do much. Um, and so, uh, we have to be careful in the kind of effects we put on buyback. But making a white, you know, making a one-one token. Uh, it's something we can do repeatably that isn't really problematic. So, um, But anyway, I was happy to get a buyback spell. Uh, I, I do have fondness for buyback from my uh, my days um, uh, back making um, Tempest. Um, okay, next, Rocks Veteran. Three and a white. So it is a um, four mana total, one which is white. It's a 2-4 Rhino Soldier. Rocks is a Rhinos. It's a creature. Obviously, it's got battle cry. Whenever this creature attacks, each other attacking creature gets plus one plus zero until end of turn. Uh, and then it says, when rocks veteran attacks, tap tart creature and opponent controls. So this is combined in a couple of things. So um, battle cry is a uh, mechanic from Mirrodin Besieged. It was the uh, when the Mirans fought the Frexians, It was the mechanic on the Miran side. Living weapon was the mechanic on the Frexian side. That was introduced in um, Mirrodin Besieged. Uh and white has an ability, it's not a named ability, but this uh, attack trigger that I get to tap a creature is something white does. And so the idea is normally the problem with battle cry is I hatch for the creature at risk because I have to get it can only enhance things if it itself is in battle. Well this card helps you in two ways. One it's a two-four, so it's a little harder to kill it, and it gets to tap something. So if there's something that's a big threat to it, it can tap that thing. So uh battle cry with this ability just is a, a cool ability. Okay, next. Rot Widow Pack. Uh, Two black green. So that's four mana total, one of which is black, one of which is green. It's a 2-4 spider creature, obviously. It's got reach because it's a spider. Uh, Three black green. Exile a creature card from your graveyard. Create a 1-2 spider creature token with reach. Then each opponent loses one life for each spider you control. So this is making a throwback to Innistrad. Um... Actually, I'm blanking on the name of the spell. I didn't write down the name of the spell. Um, There was a green card There was an uncommon in Industra that allowed you to make a a certain number of spiders, and you could flash it back, and the spiders were all one, two spiders with reach. So this is making a nod to that card. Um, Also, it is... um, It's a black-green card, so I think black-green... seems like this might be the uncommon black-green card that's sort of saying... Um... uh, that it's using creatures as a resource out of the graveyard. I'm not sure, I'm not actually not sure what Black Green's, what the archetype, draft archetype for Black Green was. My guess is this is the uncommon, so this is kind of teaching you of, uh, oh, using creatures as a resource is something that you can take advantage of because then you can turn the creature cards in your graveyard into more creatures. Um, and so my guess is that Black Green has a creature-sacking theme not 100% sure, but I mean, from this card if this is what this card's telling you to do it wants you to have a lot of creatures and wants to be able to sacrifice them, and then this allows you to turn every uh, card you sacrificed into uh, back into another creature that you could sacrifice, and it's also gaining you life which can help keep you alive, so um, this is a, a handy little card. Okay. Next, Next is Scrapyard Re- Recombiner Okay, so Scrapyard Recombiner is, costs 3 generic mana It's an artifact creature, a construct a zero-zero 0, zero construct, but it's got modular This creature enters the battlefield with 2 plus 1-plus one, 1 counters on it When it dies, you put the plus 1-plus one, 1 counters on target artifact creature, and then tap Sacrifice an artifact, search your library for a construct card, reveal it put it into your hand, then shuffle your library Okay, so the modular mechanic—it's from um, from uh, from Fifth Dawn, which was the third set in the uh, original Mirrodin. Um, Oh, I'm sorry, actually, modular. Sorry, modular was in darks. Was it Darksteel? I think it was. I think it. Yes, I think modular first showed up in Darksteel, which was the middle set, Uh, and then it also there also was a, a modular card in Fifth Dawn. Um, I think we combined modular with. Fifth Dawn had a mechanic called. Um, uh, what was it called? The, the one where you, you got plus and plus counters based on how much mana you spent to cast Sunburst. And we had a Sunburst in Modular card. But Modular showed up uh, in the middle set um, of. Uh, uh, what was it called? Dark Steel. So I think Modular was from Dark Steel. Um, anyway, the idea was it was an artifact set. Uh, oh, so, so Modular itself was a riff on. Uh, there's a these bunch of creatures in visions uh, that were called chimeras. And the way chimeras worked is they were artifact creatures that, when you sacked them, uh, they, they had some amount of power and toughness and ability. So, let's say it was a 2 2 flyer. When you sack the 2 2 flyers, you put 2 plus plus 1 counters on a creature and it gained flying. So, the idea was um, you could, but it only worked on other. I'm not sure whether it works on chimeras or worked on artifact creatures, but the idea is you could click them together. to Your chimeras could sort of come together to make a, a weird giant chimera was sort of the idea. Um, so modular was us revisiting the chimera concept, but um, making it a little more modular. I, maybe the chimeras only worked on chimeras, but making it a little bit more modular. Um, as is, it only works on other artifact creatures. I think if I had modular to do again... Uh, I might not necessarily restrict it to artifact creatures. Um, the one thing that was interesting is if you put modular on other modular creatures, there's extra um, value because when that modular creature died, all its counters moved. So the idea here was if I had two modular creatures when the first one died, I'm incentivized to put it on the second modular creature because that way those, all those counters would move when the second one dies. Anyway, I'm not sure. I think we said artifact creature because it was an artifact set and we were playing into the artifact theme. Uh, in retrospect, Modular probably could have just said any creature, like, if Modular just on anything and didn't refer to Artifact Creatures, I think there's a higher chance we would have brought it in the back. The fact that it's a little more restricted to Artifact Creatures makes it a little bit trickier to use. Anyway, uh, so this card is using, um, it's combining Modular with uh, the ability to stack Artifacts to um, search out Constructs. Construct is a uh, subtype of Artifact Creatures. Uh, and I think the idea is you could go get other copies of this, because modular works with itself, or there, there are other construct creatures you can go get, so it's just was kind of mixing and matching and doing something kind of fun. Um, but anyway, this is a neat card. Next, Seasoned Pyromancer. One red red for a human shaman, and it's a 2-2, so it's a creature. When Seasoned Pyromancer enters the battlefield, discard two cards, then draw two cards. For each non-land card discarded this way, create a 1-1 one one red elemental creature token. And then for three red-red, Exile, Season, Pyromancer, Favorite Graveyard, create two 1-1 one, one elemental creature tokens. So the idea is, when it enters the battlefield, I can uh, rummage for two. Um, and then, assuming I discard non-lands, I can generate creatures. And then when it dies, I can generate more creatures. So this is just something... Um, I'm not sure what, what what deck specifically this is made for. Uh, I do know if you're trying to make an elemental... Uh, tribal deck this is very good because it generates four elementals over the course of the game um, but it's just something that's uh, the idea I like is that the pyromancer one of the things we play out with pyromancers is that they also can um, summon fire elementals Chandra does this it's like not only can we play with fire but we can make creatures made of fire and so there's some flavor there that's kind of cute okay next be safe that's my, my rule here on uh... okay next Segovian Angel uh, white for a 1-1 flying vigilance creature it's, a, it's an angel okay so this has a fun story so when we were in the hackathon to try to prove that this was a product we should make um, one of the problems I realized early on was it was hard to make common creatures that felt sort of you know time spirally but were also common um, that were just simple creatures I mean obviously we could make commons by having mechanics and this but I, I just wanted to make some simple creatures so I came up with the idea of what I called the Wii cycle so what I did is I took five iconic magic creatures that were just French vanilla creatures but bigger usually they were uncommons um, and then I shrunk them down and I called so like Sarah this was originally called the Wii Sarah Angel and it was 2W for a 2-2 flying vigilance creature um and I, I think I had, like, a Wii Shivan Dragon and a Wii... I don't remember all the Wii singer Vampire. I, I had a bunch of... I don't remember what all of them were. But they were... Iconic Magic cards Shrunk. And the idea is they were miniature versions. Um, and the idea there was it's just hard to make, like, kind of French vanilla cards in, in a set like this. And this is why my way to make something that was flavorful, but, but fit thematically. Um, then when it got... Um, that cycle got moved over to vision design when we started doing vision Um, and I think it was Kelly Diggs who came up with the idea of changing the name to Segovian Angel and changing all the wee creatures to Segovian creatures Um, so Segovian for those who don't know we made a card in I think it was Legends called Segovian Leviathan it was a 3-3 creature and in the art it was this giant, giant leviathan. Like, there were little whales swimming next to it that looked like they were, like, you know, like trout or something, little tiny creatures. So it's clear from the art that this was a humongous creature. But it was a 3-3. People were like, okay, what's going on? Why is this leviathan a 3-3? Um, and the, the, the creative team at the time said, oh, well, Segovia, I mean, that means it's from Segovia. And on Segovia, uh, everything is tiny. So the Levi- the giant leviathan is merely a three three. Um, so the whole plane of Segovia was made solely as this excuse to explain this little mishap with a card in Legends, and it's become a running joke of it's the, it's just the plane of little tiny things. So by making a Sego- Se- Segovian angel, it was kind of like an in. In flavor joke of why this angel is so small. Ethan loved the joke and he went further. He says, Well, okay, if we're going to be Segovian, i got to make it as small as I can. So he shrinked it from a 2W22 to a W11. Um, the other ones kind of fell out along the way. None of them were quite as cute as the angel. Like, sometimes we make a cycle and the answer is, Oh, we don't need a whole cycle. One of these kind of does the job. So the other wee creatures didn't make it, but Segovian Angel did. Uh, and anyway, I think it's a, a darling little creature. Speaking of angels, uh, not that not that she is an angel, but she makes angels. Uh, Sarah the Benevolent, 2 white-white, so it's 4 mana total, 2 which is white. Legendary Planeswalker Sarah, loyalty 4. For plus 2, creatures you control with flying get plus 1, plus 1 to end of turn. Minus 3, create a 4-4 four, four white angel creature token with flying and vigilance. And minus 6, you get an emblem with, if you control a creature, damage that reduced your life total to less than 1 reduces it to 1 instead. So, these are all... All her abilities... Okay, so this is Sarah Angel... I'm sorry, this is not Sarah Angel... This is Sarah, the Planeswalker... The creator of the Sarah Angels... Who Sarah Angels are named after... Um... And she was part of the Homeland story... Um... Anyway, she is a famous character of old... Uh... Once... When we started making Planeswalker cards... We started getting requests for old Planeswalkers... Uh... To get them made into cards... One of them was Sarah, a uh, very popular, one of the most popular quests. So we were making a set, doing throwbacks and old stuff, and it only felt right. Um, we decided to make one brand new Planeswalker, um, which, which I will get to, uh, and, we, and one old Planeswalker, which is Sarah. Interestingly, by the way, uh, in the creation of the Planeswalkers, for the longest time, we had no blonde Planeswalkers. In fact, it's not until Battlebond created um, or introduced uh, Rowan and Will that we even got blonde Planeswalkers. Then our Sarah is a blonde Planeswalker. So now we have three blonde Planeswalkers. But uh, a year ago for this time, we no, we had zero blonde... We had a bunch of white-haired Planeswalkers, but no blonde Planeswalkers. Anyway, Sarah is someone who people have been asking for forever. So we had a lot of fun with her cards. So all three of her abilities are referencing cards that reference Sarah on them. Um... Blinking on the first one. The second one, obviously, is Sarah Angel. The last one is, I think, Worship. Uh, and Worship, she appeared on Worship, and there was a quote by her on Worship. Um, or at least, at least there was a quote by her on Worship. Maybe, maybe it wasn't her that appeared on it. Um, but anyway, this is making a lot of references to things that reference Sarah. Um, and so, anyway, we thought it was sort of fun. A lot of people misbelieve mis- mis- that Sarah is an angel, which she's not. Um, she merely made the Sarah Angel's um, but anyway, um, we finally made a there. so it, it, it took a while to get there, but we finally made it. Okay, next, Shenanigans. That's a great name. One and a red, so two mana total, one of which is red is a sorcery. Destroy target artifact. And then it's got Dredge, Dredge, uh, dredge one. So if you would draw a card, instead you may put exactly one card from the top of your library into your graveyard. If you do, return this card from the top of your graveyard to your hand. Otherwise, draw a card. So, Dredge was the original Gagari mechanic back in the first Ravnica. Um, I had made it as... We, we, we tried... I always say this, people think I exaggerate. We tried 40 different mechanics for Gagari. We tried all sorts of mechanics, and just none of them were working. So, finally, the idea I had was a mechanic that said, um, instead of drawing a card, you can instead draw this card. That's that's what the original design was, and they were overcosted cards. cards. Uh, and then, eventually... Um, in development, Brian Schneider came up with the idea of, what if, well, they'll, they have a milling cost, and then that helps you sort of be able to get them to the graveyard, and then it also restricts how many times, you know, if something has a high dredge cost, there's only so many times you can dredge it back. Um, anyway, this card is taking a basic card from from Alpha, Shatter, Strader Artifact. Uh, we've obsoleted Shatter eight times. Uh, you know, We've obsoleted Shatter all sorts of times. Um, and This is just saying, okay, well, what if we take shatter and put a a mechanic on it? Why not dredge? Um, Dredge is a a dangerous mechanic because repeatedly doing something can be very powerful. This is a very narrow card. So the idea is I'm not going to want to shatter every single turn. It's an answer to things. I might want to get it back. So later in the game, the fact that I could dredge it back is nice, but it's not something that every turn I'm just going to dredge it back. So it it kind of makes a, a good dredge. Um, effect effect with, on a dredge card, and it was fun to get dredge in the set. So uh, we we try to get a lot of mechanics into the set. Okay, next, Silingar Scavenger, four in a black for a zombie bird, a two three zombie bird. This creature, uh, it has exploit. When this creature enters the battlefield, you may sacrifice a creature. Whenever another creature you control dies, put a plus counter on uh, a Scavenger. It gains haste on the end of turn if exploited the, that creature. So the idea is whenever something dies, it gets bigger and it gets haste. Uh, exploit means you have the ability to sacrifice something when it comes into play. So exploit was a mechanic in, I think, Dragons of Tarkir in blue-black. Um, and it allowed you, when you played a card, that you could exploit a creature. I mean, you could sacrifice a creature, and if you do, it generates an effect. Uh, so the idea behind exploit is A, you could just play the creature, not use the exploit, just you have a creature. B, you could play exploit and sacrifice the creature you're playing so you generate an effect but not a creature. Or C, you could play the creature, sacrifice another creature, um, and then um, you could you could um, both get the effect and the creature. Now this says another creature, so this one doesn't let exploit itself. Um, in dragons, I, I think we do we did let it exploit itself. Um, this one does not. Anyway, and the reason the reason we do that here is the benef- the bonus doesn't mean anything if it's gone. So there's no great reason to exploit itself. That's why we say another. Um, but anyway, this is um, just taking advantage of this. And uh, one of the things we often do is we do effects where when a creature dies, you get a bonus. Um, uh, it, it was it, it wasn't the keyword in Grixis and Shards of Alara, but it was something we cycled. Uh, and it's something we've done a, a bunch of different times, and it's just a, a black ability we like. So combining that with Exploit felt like it was kind of fun. Okay, next, Sisse Weatherlight Captain. Two and a white, so three mana total, one of which is white. She's a legendary creature, human soldier, 2-2. Two, Sisei, two. Weatherlight Captain, gets plus one, plus one for each color among legendary permanents you control. And for a white, blue, black, red, green, search your library for a legendary permanent card with current mana cost less than Sisei's power, put that card onto the battlefield and shuffle your library. So, Sisse was the captain of the Weatherlight from the Weatherlight saga. She was kidnapped by Volrath, which is what started the whole Weatherlight saga. Um, you had originally had met her. She actually had a small role in the in the Mirage story. She and the Weatherlight played a role. Uh, and then she gets kidnapped in Weatherlight, and that starts the whole Weatherlight saga. Um, anyway, Cisse has a I think a green-white card, which is a very good card. It's a very popular card. People play it in Commander all the time. But it is green and white. Oh, it goes and gets legendary things. Um, Because as a captain of the Weatherlight, her role was to recollect the the pieces of the legacy uh, as part of the Destiny of Gerard, a big part of the Weatherlight Saga. Anyway, she tended to gather people and things, so she goes and gets legendary stuff is the idea. Um, I think I think Ethan made this card. The idea was let's reduce Sissé, sort of let her do what she does, but open it up so that she can play a five-color deck. Because one of the problems with Sissé right now is if you want to make a weatherlight deck and she's the captain, you can only go get white and green things. And while there are some white and green members, you can go get Miri, you can go get Hannah. Actually, you can't even get Hannah; she's white blue. Um, but now you can go get all the all the. Uh, you can get all the uh, Weatherlight crew with her because she has a, because her activation is all five color mana, meaning in her rule text all five color mana shows up, she has a five color color identity, meaning that in Commander she counts as five color and then your deck can be all five colors. So anyway, uh, we had redone Miri a, uh, a while back, and I think in a Commander deck um, and so I, I think one of the things that we're looking at is, it's fun to go back and look at some characters of old and redo them. So as as a as somebody who oversaw the Weatherlight Saga, at least the early part, uh, it is fun to see the crew come back. So I, I do like that we have a new SSA. So I hope people enjoy playing with her. Okay, Smiting Helix. Three and a black for a sorcery. Smiting Helix does, does, deals three damage to any target and you gain three life. And it has a flashback of red-white. So flashback means you can cast this from your graveyard for its flashback cost then you exile it. Um, Okay, so the cutesy thing about this is we made a card called Lightning Helix uh, in... um, What was Lightning Helix? Lightning Helix was in... Was that in Ravnica? I think it was in Ravnica. Um, Anyway, it turns out that Lightning Helix is deal three damage, gain three life. It's a red-white card. Um, Red does damage, white gains life. It turns out that Black does that naturally by training. So uh, Black... Um, can do, can drain. So, black and drain for three by itself. So, draining is a mono-black effect or a red-white effect. So, the cutesiness of this card says, oh, well, you can play it for its black cost or you can flash it back for its red-white cost. And it's playing to the idea that this effect is both a black mono-black effect and a red-white effect. So, it's a very cutesy card. Somebody did ask why we can't make cards like this in a... Um, in a normal set, like why Why is this in a, in a Modern Horizons? So the answer is that when we make off-color activations like this, we tend to do them in cycles. So this is a very clever card, but in order to make it in a normal set, it'd be part of a cycle. And so that means we'd have to have a mono card cycle that has um, two colors in, in, in that share a wedge with it. Um, so it would have to be in a wedge set it would have to be in a wedge set that has flashback. Um, and we would have to be able to create um, a whole cycle of this. So, okay, it's clever that there happens to be a black mono-black effect that's in red-white. But are there four other effects that show up both in a mono-color and in the two colors that share its wedge when combined? And the answer is almost definitely there is not. I have not tried to do it, but... Uh, there's not a lot of effects that overlap between one monocolor and one color pair that, that don't include that color. Uh, that is a very rare thing to happen. So um, that's the reason it's here. It just, it'd be hard to actually put that in a, in a normal set. And That is that is why, that it, it is something that is clever and this set allows us to do a lot more one-offs, but uh, the, the standard sets tend to have more structure to them. Okay, okay, next. Um, is spell snuff. So spell stuff is one blue blue. It's an instant. You counter target spell, and then for fateful hour, which is an ability where if you have five or less life, draw a card. So the idea here, fateful hour was an ability uh, word in Dark Ascension. Uh, in the in Dark Ascension, the story was the humans are the brink of extinction, and so we wanted a mechanic that showed how desperate they were. We made fateful hour. The way f- fateful hour worked is. If you were at five or less life, it gave you a bonus that helped you catch up. Um, it ended up not being the greatest of all mechanics. Uh, it was not super well received. I mean, flavorfully, I liked it, but it was—it was just very narrow. Where how often when I'm at five life, and so th- the idea here is normally blue gets a counter spell. Um, we don't traditionally give blue um, a. Uh, I think we. Back when counterspell was counterspell blue blue, we made dismiss, which was two blue blue draw a card. Um, so if we had done a modern day counterspell, uh, it'd probably be three UU to draw a card. But we know that um, that cancel is has a little bit room for a little bit extra, especially in modern. Uh, and so the idea of giving this extra bonus is, well, I get a counterspell, but but if I'm desperate, you know, I'm kind of low in life, then I can draw cards. Drawing cards is um, very good for helping to catch up, especially when you're bug to lose. Next, Spinehorn Minotaur. So it costs red and uh, two and a red, so it's three mana total, one of which is red. Um, it is a two-three Minotaur Berserker, so a creature. As long as you've drawn two or more cards this turn, Spinehorn Minotaur has double strength. Um, so I'm not sure whether this is an ongoing theme in the set, but the idea, I, I think there might be more than one card to do this, where it just rewards you for um, drawing extra cards. Um, the reason this is in the set, I assume, is that there's a bunch of cycling in the set. And, well, there are a bunch of mechanics that net you card. Cycling is the one that jumps to mind. But the idea is this takes advantage of the fact that because we're in Modern Horizons and there's a bunch of different cards that sort of can net you card advantage, this allows you to have an extra bonus and gives you extra reason why you might want to cycle a card, for example. Um, because a 2-3 becoming a double striker you know, it gets extra damage, especially if you enhance this in some way. Okay, next, splicer's skill. Two and a white. So three mana total, one of which is white, it's a sorcery. You create a three-three colorless golem artifact creature token, and it's got splice on the instant or sorcery. So for three and a white, as you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you may reveal this card from your hand and pay its splice cost. If you do, add this effects to that card. Okay, so this is a very cutesy card. So first off, Splice onto Arcane was an ability we made into in, in um, Champions of Kamigawa block. And the idea was these are effects that you can um, use to enhance other spells. And when you do that, they, when you splice it, it stays in your hand. It's kind of like a buyback variant. Um, but you can only use it when casting a particular spell. And Arcane was a creature subtype that we used. Late in Champions design, it dawned on me because uh, I had made splice. Um, uh, originally, my idea for splice was I was trying to make something that gave you extra utility out of the graveyard that was, that was kind of flashbacky, y um, where you could use this card out of the graveyard to add on to things. We later moved it from the graveyard to hand as an extra rider onto spells. And then, for safety purposes, I guess we made it our arcane spells I later realized late in the process that maybe it could just be instant sorcery spells, that maybe making it a subset that only exists in the set was a problem. But by the time I brought it up to um, Brian Schneider, who was the head developer, um, it was just too late in the process to make that change. Um, anyway, we have tried We tried uh, with it in Guilds of Ravnica to do splice on instant sorcery. It didn't quite work out there because of the nature of the need to overlap mechanics between guilds and so it just didn't work up being a good guild mechanic. Maybe one day it's the kind of thing we bring back. Um, here's a chance here to make a nod at it. We'd never done Splice on Instant Sorcery, so this is the one... I mean, while this is not a new mechanic because Splice is an old mechanic, it is the one time, I think, of the set where we made a pseudo new mechanic because before you hadn't been able to Splice on Instant Sorcery. So while it is technically an old mechanic, it, 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 it breathes new life in that it's a new way to make use of Splice. Um... Now, also, in... What set was it? Uh, there was a set that had these splicers that made 3-3 um, three, three goblin artifact creature tokens, and then usually it would grant some ability to um, golems, I believe. And there were different splicers that did this. Um, was it Fifth Dawn? Aaron, Aaron Forsyth made them. So it was a set that Aaron was in. Aaron was on Fifth Dawn... Aaron was also on Dissension and it's, it's one of Aaron's sets um, anyway uh, so the idea of making a splice onto card that is combination with the effect of a splicer was too good to pass up so it, it, it's a very it, it's the kind of stuff that like like I said the, the, um, the code name for this in the hackathon was Decadent this is a Decadent card it's like aha i you know I'm taking a mechanic that we did and changing up how we did it that we've talked about doing it and putting it on a car that doesn't affect that has a similar overlaps in the word Anyway, there's there's a lot of a lot of decadence in that car it's a, it's a very fun car though so I'm I'm glad we were able to make it um On my tail, so I'm gonna move over here. Okay, next. Okay, next. Stirring Address. One and a white, so two mana total, one of which is white. It's an instant. Target creature you control gets plus two plus two until end of turn with overload five and a white. You may cast a spell for its overload cost. If you do, change its text, replacing all instances of target with each. So the idea is if I cast it for two mana, Target creature gets plus two plus two. If I, if I cast it for six mana, all my creatures get plus two plus two. Um, so this is Overload. Overload was the isn't mechanic in Return to Ravnica. Uh, in fact, it was a mechanic I believe that Ken Nagel made during the first great designer search. Uh, he was the lead designer for Return to Ravnica. He thought it made an interesting isn't mechanic, and when he was there, he brought it to is Um, So that was. Uh, Okay, now, as I, I've mentioned this before, one of the fun things that we've been doing in this set is um, taking mechanics that previously went in certain colors and changing out the colors those mechanics appeared in. Um, so in this case, um, it was a white card, doing a white effect with a, is, is, is a mechanic, right? Uh, Overload was blue and red. So we've done a lot of blue and red effects, but we haven't done white effects. And so this was our chance to sort of do a white effect with a mechanic that had only before never been in blue and red. Okay. Next, Sword of Sinew and Steel and Sword of Truth and Justice. So they both cost three. They're both artifact equipments that equip for two. Uh, they both say equip creature gets plus two plus two. Uh, Sinew and Steel says has protection from black and red. Truth and Justice has protection from white and blue. Uh, sword of Sin and Steel, whenever a quick Creature deals combat damage to a player, destroy up to one target Planeswalker and up to one target artifact. Um, and then with Truth and Justice, when Equip Creature deals combat damage to a player, put a plus one plus one counter on, creature, on a creature you control and proliferate. So, um, in original Mirrodin, we had made sort of... What were they? Fire and Ice? Is it Fire and Ice? Uh, and... Um, uh, we made the white black one and we made the blue red one. Um, sort of light and shadow, and sort of, of fire and ice. Anyway, we had made two swords that basically do what these swords did. And that's all we made. That's the only two swords we made in Mirrodin Block. So we went back in Scarves of Mirrodin. Uh, in each set, we made one. We finished out the cycle of the enemy colored swords. We made one in Scars we made one in Mirrodin Sieged, and we made one in um, uh, New Phyrexia. Anyway, ever since we finished out the enemy sword cycle, there's been, we want the ally sword cycle. Where is the ally sword cycle? Um, and so we knew at some point we wanted to make them. The problem was the swords were a bit strong for standard, so it's a hard thing to put in standard because we wanted them to be of a power level similar to the original swords. Um, and so we didn't know quite what to do with them we joked for a while of turning them into shields and then we thought maybe if shields we can make them a little different but in the end we said you know what the players want is swords that are very similar and then we realized that Modern Horizons would allow us to do that um, as we like to do we do what we call a throw forward is instead of making all five we just made two of them much like the original Mirren, um block had just made two of them and so Will there be other three exist? Yes, we will eventually make the other three. Um, we are we're playing a long game where we can take something, stretch it out a little bit. Um, we stretched out the first uh, sword cycle. So it felt only apropos to stretch out the second one a little bit. So uh, we will make the other three. Um, the other thing, by the way, for some reason, I got a lot of people yelling me about the sword of truth and justice, that it should be the sword of law and order. Um, the only problem there is law and order are both white concepts neither is a blue concept, so um, truth and justice is nice because truth is a blue concept and, and justice is a white concept, so anyway, that is why it's not a uh, sort of law and order, but a lot of people bug me that should be. Okay, next, the first sliver, so this costs white, blue, black, red, green, so wooberg as we call it, uh, so it's five mana, one of each color, it's a legendary creature, a 7-7 sliver uh, it has cascade when you cast this spell, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a non-land card that costs less. You may cast it without paying its mana cost, put the exile cards from the bottom of your library in a random order. Sliver spells you cast have cascade. Okay, so this was, I, I talked about the meeting where we, we came up with the wacky sliver abilities. This was the one we came up with, what I, I, I didn't actually think we do. All slivers have cascade, seems a little nutty. Um, but we ended up, we realized that we wanted to have a five-color sliver, one of the kind of traditions of making slivers is uh, every time we've done slivers, although one time it this happened over the... Uh, I think the core set did them over two years and the, the 5 car one, I think, happened in the second one. But other than that, every time we've done slivers in the same set or the same block, I guess, we've done a five-color sliver, legendary sliver. Um, and so it just felt apropos to have one. Uh, this ability felt over the top. just wacky. Uh, and so we did it here. Um, I'm not quite sure. I mean, honestly, this reference is the first sliver. We don't know where the slivers come from. It is not something that we've seen before. We've, uh, Volrath found them somewhere and brought them to Wrath, but we don't know from where. Perhaps one day we'll visit the sliver homeworld. We've, we've yet to meet it. Um, but anyway, this is definitely uh, making a fun sliver card for those who enjoy their slippers. I, also, this is categorized under the, which I disagree fundamentally, but the file I had, put it under the So that's, that's why it's here. Next, Throws of Chaos. So Throws of Chaos costs three and a red, Sorcery. It also has Cascade, and it also has Retrace. You may cast this card from your graveyard by discarding a land card in addition to paying its other costs. So Retrace was an ability from, uh, what was it, Eventide. Uh, and it allowed you to basically turn lands into your hand into copies of cards of the Retrace in your graveyard. So it sort of said, hey, whenever you draw a land, if you want, instead of it being a land, it could be this spell, as long as it's in your graveyard with Retrace. Uh, this is one of our mix and match cards. Um, so it takes Cascade and Retrace, and so it mixes them together. This is a really fun card if you've never played it. i played this actually twice now in two different um, drafts. And um, one time I won the game by um, uh, Cascading into the, the card that makes the... Uh, Stampeding hooves, or whatever the one that makes the two four fours, because it's got suspend, but it just plays it; it doesn't care about suspend. So if you cascade into it, I just got two four four, um, two four four, or uh, the elephants, I think. Um, next, thundering gin, three blue red. It's a three four gins, a creature flying. Whenever thundering gin attacks, it deals damage to any t- target equal to the number of cards you've drawn this turn. Oh, this is another... I, I talked about how there's a theme of caring about how many cards you draw. This plays into that as well. Um, the fact that this is blue-red tells me this is the uncommon card that's telling you what to do with blue-red. So blue-red must be play a lot of spells. That must be the theme. And so that other red card I talked about earlier plays into this as part of this deck. Um, and so... It just has, there's a lot of effects because it has access to all these different kinds of effects. There's a bunch of effects, a bunch of mechanics and effects that let you draw cards. And so the blue red is just really playing to play a lot of cards uh, and care about that. Next, Treefolk Umbra. So Treefolk Umbra two and a green, so three mana, one of which is green. It's an enchantment, it's an aura. You enchant creature. Enchant creature gets plus two, later plus two, and assigns, and assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. And it's got totem armor, uh, armor which says, if a enchanted creature would be destroyed, instead remove all damage from it and destroy this aura. So, okay, so the um, the first ability, the doing damage equal to your toughness, first showed up on Doran in original Lorwyn. Um, and Doran was this tree folk that made you assign your damage equal to toughness rather than power. It was kind of a tree folk lord, because tree folks tend to have high toughness. Um, it's an ability we've really enjoyed, and so we've started putting in a lot more sets. Uh, we use it a lot in green. I think green, because green tends to have big creatures. So the um, so green is the color that we tend to do that. Um, oh, sorry, one second. Um, there's some traffic. As I say, safety first. So whenever I... One, one second, guys. I'm just dealing with some traffic thing here. So while I deal with that, I will... I apologize. But uh, me... Something bad happened to me during my podcast because I wasn't paying attention to traffic would be uh, would not lead to more podcasts. So anyway, okay, I've no doubt with that, and I'm, I'm safe, I can continue. Um, so the totem armor was an ability... I forget what set it was in. It was in some third set. Uh, basically, the idea was we're always looking for ways to make uh, auras better. The idea here is it says not only do I grant the ability I grant, but if the creature's ever going to die... Um, I sort of save the creature. You lose the aura, but I I had this backup of not only my granting the creature an ability, but I save it the first time it's going to die. And yes, you lose the ability when that happens, but hey, if if the creature was going to die, you were going to lose the ability anyway because you are going to lose the creature. So overall, it seems to be uh, a decent deal. Next, Treetop Ambusher. So one and a green for an Elf Berserker. It's a 2-1. Um... It's got dash, so for one and a green, you may cast a spell for its dash cost. If you do, it gains haste and returns to the battlefield. Uh, and it's returned from the battlefield to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. Um, and then whenever Tree Top uh, Amateur attacks, Tark Creature control gets plus one plus one end of turn. Um, so dash was the Mardu ability, the red, black, white ability in Cons um, of Tarkir. It's a very fun ability. I like dash, but notice that green is none of those three colors. So it's kind of fun to put the ability in something that was um, in, a, in a in a different space. So hold on a second. How are we doing here? Okay. Um, I am. What are we doing? I just got to work, but I, I realizing that I'm close enough to the end of this. I'm, I'm going to quickly finish this up. So um, anyway, let's shoot up. Amateur. So tribute mage two and a blue. Uh, it is a 2-2. Um, oh, sorry, it costs two and a blue. So, three mana, one of which is blue. It's a human wizard. 2-2. Two, two. When Tribute Mage enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an artifact card with converted that You may search your library for an artifact card with converted mana cost two. Reveal that card, put it in your hand, and then shuffle your library. So, back in... 5th Dawn we had a theme, what we call cogs, which were artifacts that cost one or less. We made a card called Trinket Mage that went and got a little tiny um, cheap artifact out of your library and put it in your hand. Since that time, we've made other mages that always enter the battlefield and go get an artifact of a certain size, converted mana cost. Um, And then it always starts with TR, I believe. So like Treasure Mage and Trinket Mage and Tribute Mage and... Hopefully we... So, we're slowly filling in the gaps. I think we have two left. Uh, I don't remember exactly. We've made one or less. We've made six or more. We've made... This is two. I think we've done maybe three or four. Anyway, we, we, we have... We're slowly filling them all in. I think we have two left to go. Um, so, as long as we don't run out of TR words, hopefully we'll be able to do that. Um, but anyway, just as us finishing another cycle that we're trying to... Uh, Finish out. Okay, Twisted Reflection, one in a blue. It's an instant. Choose one. Target creature gets minus six, minus zero to end of turn, or switch target creature's power and toughness till end of turn, entwine black. Entwine means you do both effects if you choose, if you pay the entwine cost. The cutesy thing about this card is it's two blue effects. Blue can shrink things. Blue can switch power toughness, but blue can't kill creatures. And by combining these two things, you're killing a creature with toughness six or less, we really wouldn't, on one blue card, let you do that. We might, you know, I mean, obviously, if you, have, if you have two different effects, yeah, blue could do that, but we wouldn't put it all on one card. So the cutesy thing here is, if you entwine it, if you do both together, oh, it's a kill spell, now you pay black. So this is another very cutesy male sort of design. Uh, a, a very... And once again, why wouldn't we do this in a normal set? It would require us to have a set that has entwine in it, That ha- that's an enemy color set... Uh, where we're doing off-color activations, and then we would have to find an effect in each color where there's an effect in the color that when you combine them is something the ally would do. That's very hard to make a clean cycle where all those are are really cool. Next, Umazawa's charm, one in a black, instant. Uh, Choose one. Tiger creature gets plus two plus two until end of turn. Tiger creature gets minus one to minus one until end of turn. You gain two life. Uh, Charms are effects where you have three things to choose from. Uh, Umazawa uh, made a thing called Umaza's Jite. These are the three abilities that happen on Umaza's Jite. So he took the, you, the Jite, took the effects, turned it into a charm. So very, very darling. Universal Automaton, one, Artifact Creature, Shapeshifter one, one, Changeling. Uh, this was just the grease to grease the wheels of the set. The idea here is people need people will have tribal things they want to make work. This is every tribe. It's simple. It's cheap. Any deck can play it, and so it's just made to be something that every deck can make use of. And so, um, anyway, thought something we thought would be would be fun and cool. Okay, Urza, Lord High Artificer. So I'm I'm just going to get through these. Um, the uh, I, I don't have enough that I do another podcast, so I'm just trying to finish up. So this will be a slightly longer podcast so I can finish. Urza, Lore High Artificer, 2 blue-blue, uh, Legendary Creature, Human Artificer, 1-4. When Urza, Lore High Artificer enters the battlefield, create a 0-0 zero, zero Construct artifact token with this creature gets plus one, plus one for each artifact you control. Tap an untapped artifact you control, add blue. 5, Shuffle your library, then exile the top card. Until end of turn, you may play that card without paying its mana cost. So... Urza is the character that shows up earliest, or one of the characters that shows up earliest. He's mentioned in Alpha on Urza's glasses and Urza's sunglasses. Uh, he's played a major role in the story over many years, although he's long dead. Uh, people have been asking for Urza forever. I made an Urza planeswalker in Unstable, but he's a silver border. People wanted a black border Urza. So we decided to make a black border Urza. We decided to start with very, very early in his life. So this is. Um, Around the time of the Brothers' War, I think he's been married at this point. And he's, anyway, uh, there's, there's a very narrow point where he's urged a High Lord Uh, uh This is pre-him getting a spark, so it's pre-him being a planeswalker, allowed him to make a legendary creature so people can make a commander out of him. At this point, he's very blue-centric. He later uh, will get white, then he gets black, then he gets red, and then he gets green, I, th- I think, in that order. Um, anyway, uh, we decided that we're going to show... like. Instead of just making one Urza, this allows us to later make another Urza or maybe multiple other Urzas. So we, we picked a very narrow point in time. Um, he's known for making artifact creatures, so we gave him that ability. Uh, he taught... In fact, he founded the Talarian Academy. So we have a thing that sort of references Talarian Academy. And then also, he's just... We wanted to make a powerful, cool card, and so we love the idea that he can randomly cast things. You don't know what he's going to do, but he's a powerful artificer, and he can do cool stuff like that. Um, um okay, hold on here. Um, Wall of Thousand Cuts, three white white creature wall three five defender flying. Uh, for white, activate Wall of Thousand Cuts can attack this turn as though it didn't have a defender. Uh, originally this was called, um, what was it called? It was Wall of Swords. Um, anima- it's called Animated Wall of Swords. Because there's, in Alpha, there's a card called Wall of Swords, It's a card called Animate Wall, and Animate Swords was a favorite, uh, target for Animate Wall. They both were in white. A- and the 3-5, uh, flyer is a pretty good card. So originally this just was a 3-5 flying creature called Animated Wall of Swords. That was his real name. They decided that, it was weird to be a wall, but not have Defender, and so they gave it Defender, and they gave it away to activate it, so it got tweaked. But th- this card was another card from the hackathon. Uh, Ethan made it, I believe. Um, okay, Watcher for Tomorrow, one in a blue. Creature Human Wizard, two, one. Uh, this says Hideaway. This creature enters the battlefield tapped. When it does, look at the top four cards of your library. Exile, exile one face down. Then put the rest on the bottom of your library. When Watcher for t- Tomorrow leaves the battlefield, put the Exile card into its owner's hand. Hideaway was a mechanic in Lorwyn. It showed up on only a, a cycle, a rare cycle of lands, um, created by um, Aaron Forsythe. It was originally called Treasure. It was going to be a major mechanic in the set. Ended up being more complicated than we thought, so we ended up moving it to high rarity. Uh, this is kind of fun to do. Hideaway on not a land. So another way we can make new cards in Modern Horizons is just do things in places we hadn't done them before. Hideaway only showed up on land. Here's a creature with hideaway. Weather the Storm, a green instant. You gain three life. Storm... Uh, we want to do a storm spell. The problem with storm spells is if you can win with the effect, they get degenerate. So we made an effect that you can't win with. or I mean, you could combo it maybe, but this just gets you life. So infinite life is not going to win you the game. It helps you not lose, I guess, but it doesn't win you the game. So we were able to make that. Um, okay. Okay, my final two cards. Ren N6, red and green, legendary planeswalker, Ren uh, 3. Plus one, return to, to one target land card from your graveyard to your hand. Minus one, Ren six, deals one damage to any target. Minus seven, you get an emblem with instant sorcery cards in your graveyard have retrace. So there's a lot of cool stuff here. Ren and, so Ren is a dryad who links together with a tree folk. Uh, she does not name her tree folk, and this is the sixth one she's had, so it's called Six. That's why Legendary Planeswalker is Ren. Ren is the the, the, the planeswalker, but she's bonded to Six, so Six travels with her because um, they're connected. Um... Anyway, so return a land card from grave your hand. Uh, so one of the things that there's a theme in the set of getting uh, lands back from your graveyard or having lands in your graveyard. This allows you to return them. Um, she does damage, uh, and then the emblem is retrace, is the ability I talked about earlier, where you can um, cast cards with retrace. You can use, you can turn lands in your hand into copies of. Uh, cards with the retrace in your graveyard. This turns all your instant sorceries into retrace, so this lets you do kind of cool things. Um, so, anyway, this is a, a different kind of red-green card. Also, because we were Modern Horizons, we could, we could use a, a keyword that's not an evergreen keyword. That's something that's tricky for us to do with Planeswalkers, so we were able to do it here. Um, but anyway, people have been asking for us to do a little weirder of Planeswalkers, a little less humanoid of Planeswalkers. Hopefully, the people have been asking for that and enjoy Ren and Six. Final card, Yoggmoth, Thran Physician, two black-black, legendary creature, human cleric, two-four, protection from humans, pay one life, sacrifice another creature, put a minus one, minus one counter on up to one target creature and draw a card, black-black, discard a card, proliferate. So Yoggmoth like Urza, is a character people have been asking for forever. But also like Urza, we, we decided to start from the beginning and make him with uh, uh, the early version of the card allow us to make other stuff later. Yogmoth goes through a lot of changes. There's a lot of versions. He, well, he does not... M- I guess he is not the maker of the Frexians. He is the leader. He becomes the leader of the Frexians, or at least uh, a group of Phyrexians. Uh, and he is a w- person who... The plane existed, I guess, but he essentially sort of took this dead plane and turned it into Phyrexia. Um, so he is somebody who experimented on things. We were trying to play into that. He really was not very nice to, to fellow humans. That's why I suggest humans... Uh, and proliferate sort of plays into his experimentation. I also like that proliferate was a mechanic connected originally to the Phyrexians. Yogmoth is connected to the Phyrexians. So there's a lot of fun stuff you can do with him. And we thought that we wanted to give Yoggmoth his due. So we finally made a Yogmoth card. Finally made Urza card, uh, other than the Silver Border one. And finally made a, um, uh, a Yogmoth. So, anyway, whew. So that is all the cards there is to talk about. So anyway, uh, thanks for this extra long episode of a uh, Drive to Work. Uh, so I just I didn't have time to do a whole other episode. Um, I did not enough cars to do another episode. So uh, you got an extra 10 minutes of me in the parking lot quickly going through them. So anyway, uh, I'm now here, and I've been here for a little while. But you know what that means? It means it's the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking about magic, it's time for me to be making magic. Me making magic. Hope you guys enjoyed all the discussions on Modern Horizons, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.